Trevor Noah is in a unique place when it comes to describing the protests that are sweeping across the United States and across the world. He stands astride different nationalities and cultures, and he's also in between a rock and a hard place when it comes to the oligarchs who fund him and saying what he really feels. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this, exactly like this, where you have huge numbers of people coming out every single day in every single state in the country. And it's particularly noticeable because it's almost completely spontaneous. Usually big demonstrations take months of planning, publicizing, getting permits. These ones are just, hey, yo, meet me outside in five minutes and people are there. Since starting in Minnesota after the murder of George Floyd, these protests for black lives have spread like nobody could have imagined. From tens of thousands of people in big multi-ethnic cities to 200 people in towns that are 90% white. And now, even more impressive is that this protest has started blowing up all over the world. In Paris, they marched as they did in Rome and Tokyo. In Hungary, a silent crowd took a knee for eight minutes and 46 seconds. COVID-19 kept Thai protesters off the streets, but on screen in a massive Zoom session. In London, joining this protest mattered far more than the lockdown rules. Thousands, many masked against coronavirus, gathered outside the American embassy. Your message is heard over here, and, and we'll keep fighting the same fight that you are. We'll keep fighting the same fights that you are. Yeah, that right there, that right there is why this movement has become as big as it has. Because everyone, everyone is not realizing that we're all in the same fights. Like these protests may have been sparked by one killing in one American city, but the truth is, the truth is that if you are a black person or a minority, or a poor person in many places around the world, in London, Berlin, Seoul, Cape Town, you understand what it means to be a target of the police and a target of a system that is designed to keep you down with violence if necessary. So are we part of the same fight? As you know, if you've been watching this show, I don't think it's only a race war. I think it's also a class war. And the problem we've had with the mainstream media over the weeks is that the pundits are getting paid a whole lot more than the workers they're reporting on. Now we can assume in Trevor's case that he's getting paid more than that girl that was telling him we're all in the same fight. He sounds enthusiastic and his enthusiasm I think is real. I think he feels hopeful that things can change. As we go forward through this clip, what I'm watching for is the idea of class. I want to see his solidarity with class. If you watch Bill Maher, he falls down every time. Stephen Colbert, every time. Jimmy Fallon, a lot of the time. We don't have people in high places who speak in solidarity with grubby populism. And that's why you now have people in every country standing together. Standing together to say, this is not acceptable anymore. Black lives matter. And whenever there are big protests, whenever there are big protests, there's always going to be people who stand on the sidelines, right? There's always going to be people who sit in their, in their newspaper offices or TV news studios and say, I sympathize with you, but this is not the way to get what you want. This is not the way that you should be doing it. Protesting is a waste of time. It turns people off. It's just performative. It doesn't accomplish anything. Well, you know what? I hope those people are hungry because they're going to be eating their words. And the reason they're going to be eating their words is because the people protesting are hungry. 
They're not merely hungry for racial justice. They're also hungry for economic justice. So the people who write your paycheck are not eagerly hoping that the people who are hungry are going to come knocking on their doors because what they want to eat is the rich. Because after two weeks, just after two weeks of these protests, we're already seeing incredible results, both large and small. Is Trevor cheerleading? For example, for decades, Americans have been arguing about Confederate monuments and other racist statues littered around this country. The people have said, take them down. And government officials have said, oh, we'll think about it, we'll study it, we'll start a commission, we'll get back to you. Well, this time, the people said, take them down. And the government officials responded with, yeah. Yeah, but that's a token gesture. It's, it's important, it matters, it's great. But what happens when the people say, and now we want Medicare for all, single payer? What will they say then? Because then it's a different question. It's not a token anymore, it's not a gesture, it's money. If you watched yesterday's show, you understand that some people who are cheerleading have ulterior motives. I'm not accusing Trevor of having those motives, but I want to make it crystal clear where his paychecks are coming from. This is progress in the right direction. Okay. And you can see that it's working. People are saying black lives matter. And they're not just saying it, they're saying it in public. Black lives matter has become the phrase that people admit needs to be said. And maybe it's because of George Floyd's video. Maybe it's because the whole world was forced to sit at home and watch that video, but it's happening. Everyone from Mitt Romney to K-pop fans are saying Black Lives Matter. Corporations are saying Black Lives Matter. Amazon, uh, Bud Light, Gushers, everyone is saying okay. Black Lives Matter. And don't get me wrong. How much do you think each of those companies paid to get that lovely product placement? I don't know if these companies are actually going to do something to show that they believe Black Lives Matter other than just saying it. If they are serious, Trevor, what do you think they should do? But it is still a major step to have American corporations who just a few years ago were terrified of that phrase saying it as part of their corporate ethos. Because Black Lives Matter shouldn't be controversial as a phrase. Black people having lives shouldn't be a controversial thing at all. And you can tell that this protest is working because even the NFL, even the NFL has stepped up to say, you know what? We can do better. Is Trevor cheerleading? So then he shows us Roger Goodell reading a teleprompter, saying how very sorry he is, but he didn't say he was going to give Colin Kaepernick his job back. Donald Trump lost his shit anyway, so it's a good thing that Roger came out and said this, but what does it really mean? We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. Yeah. Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, has come out with the statement that you just saw, which is one hell of a statement from the NFL. And look, it is a bit weird that he's affirmed their commitment to Black Lives Matter and protest, and then not mentioned Colin Kaepernick, the person who was blackballed by the NFL for protesting for Black Lives Matter in the first place. I mean, that's, that's what I mean about people actually doing something. Like, it's nice to see the NFL say this, don't get me wrong. But I hope that Goodell and everyone at the NFL are actually going to look at doing things. Because every other industry, you know, they have to prove their commitment by hiring thousands of new black people. The NFL's just got to hire one. They also have to pay them decent wages. What I really want to hear him say is that he's in solidarity with people 
who make a lot less money than he does. And yes, I know I said, I know I said that even purely symbolic gestures are nothing to sneeze at, but we all agree that posting statements, taking down statues, and selling books is not enough. Yeah. It's part of it, but it's not enough. Companies have to hire more black people. Companies have to stop not hiring people because they're black. But what about their paychecks? Trevor, what about their paychecks? Culture has to amplify more black voices. And of course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started. That's where this whole thing started. And that's the good thing about these protests is that it hasn't just gotten people talking, it hasn't just got people buying books, it hasn't just gotten like leagues and organizations saying Black Lives Matter. The best part about these protests is that they're already producing substantive changes as well. Is Trevor cheerleading? What I'm seeing is virtue signaling. I'm not seeing substantive changes. Virtue signaling is good. I'm not saying I don't wanna see it, but what I wanna see is the money. Show me the money. If the people high up on the economic ladder just want a virtue signal and that's it, then fuck off. But if you want to show the money to the American workers, that's different. And don't forget about free college tuition. And don't forget about economic relief to get through the COVID crisis. I wonder what his producers would say if those were the conclusions at which he arrived at the end of this video. The killing of George Floyd is fueling calls to defund America's police departments. Defund the police chants are spreading at protests and the hashtag is gaining momentum on Twitter. The idea may also be catching on at city halls. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti said Wednesday he will not be increasing the police budget. He also announced $250 million will be invested in such areas as jobs and education especially in black and non-white communities. Yes, Los Angeles has announced that they will be taking money away from the LAPD and putting it into programs like education. But as we said yesterday, that's a drop in the bucket and it's a token gesture. What they're not proposing in LA, but which they are proposing in Minneapolis, is to abolish the police force and replace it with other agencies, other types of agencies. And. Please don't get it wrong. This is not a spite thing. I've seen so many conversations where people seem like they're punishing the police. No, studies have shown that when you invest in people, when you invest in communities, you don't need to invest in the police. And, and let's say, how should we invest? Fair wages is the best way to invest in a community. It makes sense. Prevention is always better than a cure, especially when the cure kills black people. And after the mayor of Los Angeles made this announcement, after Mayor Garcetti came out and did this, which was huge, other cities quickly said that they're also gonna try, at least try to fix their policing problems. What they're hoping is that they can calm people down so that they don't burn everything up and then they'll forget about it and go back to the way things were before. What I'm watching you to see, Trevor, is if that's what you want too. New York has announced that they're planning to cut the police budgets and change some of the laws that have protected killer cops. Houston, Sacramento, and other cities are banning chokeholds. They're banning chokeholds and certain other uses of force, which is not enough, but it's a start. And Democrats in Washington. Do you mean these Democrats? Have introduced a bill that would, among other things, make it easier to investigate and punish violent police, as well as banning no-knock warrants, like the kind used by the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Um, 
We talked about that yesterday, so watch yesterday's show if you're interested to see what a token gesture looks like. The Democrats are trying to take the wind out of this movement's sails. What I'm watching Trevor to see is if that's what he's trying to do too. So you watch him closely with me and let's see if that's what you think he's doing. And if all of this actually happens, these will be meaningful reforms. But one of the themes that has come out of these protests is that reform is not enough. What a lot of people are saying is, you cannot reform something that was inherently designed to be bad. Okay. And so what many people are demanding now is to defund or abolish the police. Let's stop having police in schools. That was two days ago. We talked about Los Angeles. Actually, it was Oakland. We talked about school policing there and trying to put a good face on it as opposed to abolishing it. Let's stop having police deal with homelessness or people with mental illness. Let's stop having police patrol neighborhoods where they don't live and give that job to residents. And a month ago, a month ago, if you said any of this, you seemed like you were crazy and it was a pipe dream that would never happen. But again, after these protests, it may soon become a reality. So what we want to know is in one month, will things have calmed down and that'll be enough just to talk about it? Or will it be the case that in one month things will have amped up to the point where we won't just be able to talk about it and we'll actually have to do things about it? In an unprecedented move, the Minneapolis City Council has vowed to defund and go beyond that, dismantle the city's police department. They're promising to replace it with a new system of public safety. We are seeking to disband the Minneapolis Police Department because it is not keeping Minneapolis safe. We have looked at ways to reform this department. We do not believe it is possible. Yeah. The city council wants to do that, but do they have the political chops to get it done? Let's watch Minneapolis very carefully and let's see if that talk actually turns into anything tangible. The city where this all started is actually promising to defund the police. And look, we're not naive. We know that promises aren't always kept. Politicians weasel out of things all the time and even good intentions only go so far. But to have gotten this far with less than two weeks of protest is truly amazing. The part that makes me nervous is the self-congratulations because that takes the wind out of people's sails. It takes the anger out of the movement. Oh, look how great it is that Bernie moved the platform to the left. Fuck that shit. We don't need to move the political platform to the left. We need to move the country to the left. Oh, but Bernie did such a good job of starting the conversation. But what matters is the end of the conversation. And it's not over yet. The people are still fighting. The people are still pushing. And something tells me if they keep at it, there will be no stopping them. So is this speech designed to keep them at it or is it designed to help them all pat themselves on the back and say, oh, jolly good show. Look how well we did. We've moved things a little bit. We've started discussions. I was alive in the 1960s. I remember that things were gonna go a hell of a lot better than they ended up going. What I wanted to hear him say is that we need to push both the Republicans and the Democrats, including the so-called progressives, in the direction we want them to go. We need to solve the sources of systemic racism, and that means we need to get underneath the hood. That means we need to solve the economic problems. And that means we can't have people like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer running things. 
Democratic mayors and governors all over the United States are tough on crime and have been for a long time. There's a reason those budgets have swelled. Democrats are no better on this issue than Republicans. If we're going to defund the police, we should just keep pushing until we push all the politicians out of the way too. And going forward, if you want to be able to tell who's just talking, make sure you hear them say, we need to solve the economic foundational problem. We need Medicare for all, single payer, and we need fair wages. If all they're doing is virtue signaling and trying to get us all to congratulate ourselves on how much progress we've made, I've seen where that goes. Just go back 50 years and you'll see exactly what happened. That's not enough. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep pushing hard in the streets. We have to keep pushing with labor strikes. We have to keep pushing until we get money out of politics. And we have to keep pushing until the flow of money in our economy goes down instead of up, naturally. And until that day comes, be wary of anybody who's telling us how well we're doing.